Judah and Matthew are dumpster people, and they occasionally use foul and inappropriate language. Listen at your own risk. Welcome to Brother Date Mailbag Edition. I'm Matthew. I'm Judah. It's um, it's that time again, the not Star Trek time. Yeah, so, you know, we'll probably only spend 10, 15 minutes talking about Star Trek this week. That's right. Well, <laughs> unfortunately, devoting half of our, uh, air, well, way more than half of our airtime to Star Trek means a lot of our mail is about it. So. Yeah. Um, but yeah, but the listen, last week has cool. been great, man. No Star Trek has been a real treat, and it's about to end. I mean, I agree. I agree, and I am sad to go back on the clock. Mm. But I have, uh, you know, as usual, a bunch of weekend work, so there's a lot of sitting around there. I'll get them Star Trek's watched. Hell yeah. Ooh. Well, if it's not a Star Trek week, I guess that means it's a... By Brother Day. Week. So that's the kind of... <laughs> See, I... Instead of saying mail, uh. <laughs> All right. On the third, Shannon tweeted, though not to us. No. Okay, so with all my admiration for K-pop stands and what they do on Twitter, I want to learn about the music. But where do I begin? What group should I listen to first? And you tweeted that, oh man, at Brother Date, do you see what she's asking for? <laughs> This is the kind of thing where you are right. She very specifically did not tweet at us. I think she intentionally didn't tweet at us, mm-hmm. but we saw it anyway, Shannon. I saw it, and I get and I sent her a lot of DMs. I slid into her DMs, <laughs> and she probably regrets ever saying that thing on the internet. But most people do. Most people, when they say a thing on the internet, they regret it, and she should. There's really nothing that. but regrets. Yeah. 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 Uh, we'll, we'll circle back on that prompt yeah. at the end, oh, we but will. let's continue with the mailbag. On the fourth, Ryan writes, at brother date, damn, am I really eight weeks behind? The COVID has absolutely ruined this podcast's viewer, uh, listenership. No, one, no one's commuting. Who's listening? I don't know. We weren't really tracking, um. Uh, we weren't really tracking listenership before. Well, so. it's always depressing to track it. All of our experience with any kind of statistics is is during COVID times. But if our new host wasn't so generous and just fucking throw through the information in our face the way they do, if they, if they didn't do that, we wouldn't know because I ain't looking. Oh, me either. I'm not seeking it out. Yeah. Um. So Ryan, um, well, you've had a couple of weeks to catch up. We'll see how close you got. <laughs> On the fourth, he also wrote. This dynamic where one brother is better about calling mom than the other is not unusual, apparently. So. I wonder what his experience with that is. Well, he has a mom, and uh, <laughs> she has another son. Uh, see, I didn't know that. I don't know anything about uh, Ryan's business. Yeah, so uh, 
I guess one of them is better at calling her than the other one. Mm. What's your wager? It's, it's probably it's probably Ryan. It seems like Ryan's it would be probably Ryan. the one who's good at it. That's my guess too. It seems like it would be Ryan. Yeah. He seems like the kind who'd be nice to his mom. Uh not everybody has the same uh feelings about their family <laughs> and what their obligations to their family are sure and i guess what i'm saying is i leave everybody alone because i would like to be left alone by everybody that makes sense i think that's i think that's well understood um yeah i mean again i've talked about this before i call now mom all the time i called home all the time for years and years and years and they call me like once a year and it's like okay, so I'm you really have been the initiator. Yeah, I'm fulfilling an obligation that I feel for some reason that is probably not real. That probably if I didn't call, everyone would be fine. Uh, yeah, mom and I mostly email. Yeah, well, we email I too, did. but then I'm always like, she's just there by herself. I should give her a call, <laughs> and then I always get the feeling she wants to get off the phone. So, <laughs> uh, you know, what I think that this started is. I stayed here for college and you went away to college. Mm-hmm. And I think that's where we got set on the two different paths. I, that's absolutely right. I used to call every day when I was in, basically every day when I was in Boston. Um, and I do it a lot less now, especially after we moved back to California, even though it's not like we were seeing them all the time. Family social yeah. stuff when I moved back to the Bay Area was not like a huge amount of our time. Nope. Nope. That is true. Well, you know, your wife thought my wife hated doing everything, so. <laughs> Are you trying, uh, to, trying to stir up a beef? You trying to do a beef between stir? Between two people who probably aren't going to listen to this? Of course not. No. At least not, like, within the same six-week period so that they could, so that I could. Engender beef? You know. I know you said stir. Yeah, yeah, it's not, there's nothing there to stir, really. You would, you'd be, you'd be providing the beef, I think. You'd be delivering the beef, and then you'd be home cooking it. You'd just walk right into the kitchen and get started. Oh, that's good. I definitely am a very competent meat cook. You just fucking bring in the beef. Always. <laughs> so that's a t-shirt for for Judah. Everyone want to? Someone want to get him a t-shirt? That says bring in the beef. Also on the fourth, Shannon wrote, "Gee, I felt bad for being six weeks behind." And you wrote, "No wonder the mailbag has been empty lately." <laughs> I, I felt the need to complain to them. She's been homeschooling, too. Uh, on the 5th, Ryan wrote, I, I sort of assumed that was his opening for a spinoff series, and not just him being a creepy old man. This is, of course, a comment about Lando Calrissian. Yeah, when he's uh, creeping on that girl in the end. The the one who used to be a stormtrooper, like, uh, like Finn. Yes. He also says, and this is a spoiler alert for... Uh, the Montenegrin that it establishes that the child can also force heal. Uh, um, the child, the child has a name. Say his name. <laughs> That's right. His, his name is Grogu. It's a bad name, but it's his. That's his name. <laughs> when it was revealed to be Grogu, I went, "Oh no!" Like he's gonna <laughs> take a real hit. Like he's been the internet's favorite creature for so long, and now, why do they have to take him down a peg? Yeah, it was tough. Grogu. Just what ugly. It's like if your mouth a... is ugly when you say it. Grogu. What would have been an acceptable name? I don't know. I was just calling him Baby Yoda or 
or Yodi. Called him Yodi for a while. I don't know. Um, Justin, maybe. Justin. (laughs) (laughs) There are people who object in The Force Awakens when Finn asks Rey if she's got a boyfriend because they feel like boyfriend is too not Star Wars-y enough a word. That's uh, that's Earth-speak. Yeah, exactly. That's 21st century Earth-speak. Uh, so definitely if this boy's name had been Justin, it would have been trouble <laughs> on the internet. Yeah. Yeah, like, they are they okay with the uh, diner, though? The 50s-style American diner? Or... I don't, I don't know if anyone's okay with it. Okay. <laughs> we all accept that it did happen. Because that seems much more aggressive than the term boyfriend or girlfriend or whatever right yeah uh it's not the first one where's the first one? Oh, i think it's actually when uh owen lars introduces his girlfriend baru <gasps> i think that was where people were like girlfriend <laughs> like well man also, this, i like it's how a perfectly descriptive word i also like how they both had to be there in that scene you know because they're there later well yeah that too so they're both here they're here now because they're there later so she can't just be off doing something else she's got to be there yeah those weren't good and that's not why the reason that people are mad that you're describing that's not why they weren't good talking about the second to last episode of enterprise ryan writes this take including how maybe we weren't ready for space so we changed the rules of the game in a very star trek way as you said actually kind of puts a smile on my face wow. yeah that's a real shame that's not what they were going for <laughs> no it's a shame that 60 percent. it's a shame takes, that's my very cooked take yeah 60 percent of the takes that we give i'm pretty sure the writers are unaware of no but it's like it, it would just be hey wasn't the movie dracula really cool zero points hey wasn't das boat really cool <laughs> right. zero points yep hey remember die hard minus yeah. 10 points uh he writes the latest season of discovery talks a lot about how important the federation is i ain't seen any of them seasons of discovery and i am not caught up we've seen two seasons so if he's talking about season three i don't <clears throat> i haven't seen that all of my understanding of Star Trek Discovery is through the heavily distorted lens of Star Trek Online. Yeah, well, really, all they're doing and is probably just, like, tying up loose ends. Exactly. They're tying up loose ends, but I don't know how the real plots went. Mm-hmm. I fought an angel in a robot suit. Well, that's a spoiler. Jeez. Well, but, like... Like, all of season... I don't know what that... I didn't know what that meant. Like, I think all of season two was about that. And it's a big mystery. So, if it gave away the mystery, whoops. I guess they expect if you're playing STO, you must be like... A big fan? You must be on that that CBS All Access tip. Or Paramount. What's the new one going to be called? There's a Paramount one that's replacing it. I don't know. Oh, yeah. I I also don't know. There was a Super Bowl Uh, commercial, but I was not paying attention. Yeah, well, listen. Until there's a game where... You could just fly around a space dock in one of those little inspection shuttles from Star Trek One or whatever, mm-hmm. and look at you know all the, the ships. Neat Miranda class ship. Star Trek Online is the best you can do. <laughs> What's so mad? I've started playing it again because there was an event, and what is so bending is that I'm in my head. The space battles are way better, but even after the space battles, I'm pretty frustrated because they're just <laughs> not. They're not, it's not a well-made game. It's not easy to play and it's not fun to play. And like 
whenever I'm done with a session of STO, I'm in a worse mood than when I started. After I don't the, think like 40 minutes of running around on some planet going, what the fuck do they even want so, me to do here? The real problem with Star Trek Online is that they made they tried to make it an MMO. Yeah. Now, like you said, you've been playing again for a month. Have you fought against one other player in any way? I refuse. I hate that they're around. I hate that when I'm in Space Dock, I see them. Yeah, that's rough, right? What are you doing here? Get out of here. Don't want to see this weird outfit this person has on. Don't want to see this big-breasted alien that someone made. Yeah, my conception of Star Trek does not include a big-breasted alien in one of the Risa bikinis (laughs) hanging out in Admiral Quinn's office. (laughs) Getting a security mission from the security officer or whatever. Right. Fuck. Yeah, it's Um, not. No, the social aspect of it. I don't know if people do that. That's great. But I, I have never even attempted to. But, like, to make it an MMO, like, all MMO combat is you run up to a weird-looking rabbit, you turn on your auto attack, and then you sit there for 40 seconds, and the rabbit dies. And then you check out your loot. And, and then you check the, you hit that loot table. Yep. And it is so terrible, but also, not, because combat is so antithetical to Star Trek... Yeah. And it's also every mission, because yeah. it's the only mechanic in the game. They can't like figure out how to make Star Trek type missions. They would be very boring. Uh, that's, though. I mean, it's not true. You've played the one. You've played the one mission where you have to either own a calculator or prove you can multiply <laughs> and divide, right? Yes, I have. Would to break the code in the system or whatever. It's uh-huh. like yeah. what's seven hundred and thirty-five times five hundred and ten, and you're like, oh, why? Why is this happening? Exactly. Why is this the mission? Uh. But because it is, like, Star Trek is not about combat, uh, that PvP in the game just died. Like, there is PvP. You could go to a, a certain sector and fight the other team. And it's like, so, you know, you take your Klingon guy out and you fight some Federation guys. But anyway, no one does it. Yeah. It's dead. So there, all of the MMO mechanics there that are in the game serve no purpose whatsoever. Mm-hmm. And so... They could replace this game with a game that was like everybody is doing single player missions at the same time and they've got just social spaces and the missions just have actual first person shooter combat or whatever. Yeah. And you don't have a weird thing where you shoot someone 800 times with a phaser and they die. Whereas every time we have ever seen someone get hit with a phaser in the TV show, they just turn into a cloud. Yep. Yeah, phasers are pretty powerful on TV, but in the video game, they are not at all. Yeah, so. Yeah, it's, um, so it's very frustrating to play, and, um, the only part I want to do is my loadouts. I just want to do loadouts all day. I want to get, <laughs> I want to pick up a ship, and I want to give it different cool weapons and different engines and shit like that, and then move on to the next ship and do it to that ship too. I don't want to do any of the missions, but I gotta do them to get that loot so I can put it on my ships. Yep. So, yeah, it's yeah. Anyway, that's an anti recommendation. <laughs> yes. But the one, the one, the one fun thing about Star Trek Online is that. They really obsess over tying up every weird loose end. And so you can for sure meet uh, Aladar Jerox's daughter and see how she see what she thinks of him (laughs) in retrospect. Presumably haven't gotten that message from Picard. I don't remember if she said it or not. 
the, and the real shame is it's the only interesting part of the game is to see all this what ifs that the story people have done for this yeah. and as soon as you get in a conversation with someone you just fucking mash spacebar until you get to the green text <laughs> that's exactly that. right i was like i was telling you about this i was like you'd think rpgs that i played my whole life would have trained me to like talk to the townspeople and pay attention to what they're saying normally not a problem for me but in this fucking game i don't read anything i just go straight yep. to the green text and go okay cool they want me to go into the system you just you just fucking mash through and then you look on the right side of the screen and see what you're supposed to be doing now <laughs> yes i don't know what that is because i i feel like i'm not even giving them a chance to bore me it's that fucking loot table yeah. you just want to get through it and get you know a few more tactical consoles and see if any of them are good well also every mission takes longer than i think it's going to so i just like I do. There is a part of me all the time, like, just get through this. Just got to get through it however I can. So it's done. Because I'm always like, all right, I think I got time for one. And then again, 45 minutes later, I'm like, there's so many fucking objectives. Like, where do I find this dude or whatever? So, yeah, mash that shit and try to get through it. Um, (laughs) It's like, (laughs) you know, PvP. It's just just so wild that the the gameplay somehow encourages you to skip the only interesting part of the whole game. (laughs) Well, it's like they hired a couple of real nerds or whatever to go through and, like you said, find out what Aladar Jarok's family thinks or, like, let you meet Harry Kim too or or find out what happened to him or whatever. Or, um... Oh, they do give you a whole post-script story about Sela. Because, like, you remember her. Like, you remember Sela? She was Boy. in two episodes or whatever. So she's like Boy, a main do character. They. Yeah. So it's, yeah. So it's, I wonder if it would be interesting if they just wrote all this down in some shitty novel, some shitty Star Trek novel. Or if there's only the part where you get to go around I mean, and experience it. I mean, the problem is there's just already way too much of it. Yeah. Uh, speaking of novels, Ryan asked on the 7th, what is this about a Star Trek book report project? Matt never did his book report on the novel Imzadi. <laughs> Should I do it? Should I, do you Even want me to do though it? I sourced a copy and mailed it to him. <laughs> I mean, if you really want me to do it, I'll do it. But like, it's such a bad... I read the fr- When you sent it to me, I read the first chapter, maybe two chapters, and I was revolted by how, by how bad the writing was. Not like the story, but just like the writer was... Um, Trying to show off in a medium where you really should try to fly under the radar, I think. <laughs> Star Trek novel, don't do anything. Just get get in. Just and don't, yeah. Fucking PvP, mash it and get out, you know? Uh, also on the 7th, I guess the 7th was the Super Bowl. I did not watch it. You wrote, uh, at Brother Date, my wife won't stop looking at pictures of nachos on the internet. She keeps saying that it's because it's Super Bowl Sunday, but I think something else is going on. It was creepy. She just, it was like Gritty had been replaced entirely by nachos. Because normally it's Gritty. Normally, no matter what, if I come behind her, it's a picture of Gritty on her phone. But this time it was nachos. <laughs> and again, she's the way she said it was not convincing that it was because it was Super Bowl Sunday. Like, she gave a crap about that. So. <laughs> also, like, nachos are the food most associated with football. Right. Yep. Uh, yeah, so now I just feel like I have to keep updating people because there's always something weird going on. Maybe these are the things throwing me off the scent from the real weird thing. Maybe these are like the the diary you leave out. I see. So the, the real one. They don't, have they don't have you tried just being Bill McNeil about the whole thing and going, secret keys. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what's that? Uh, what's what? <laughs> 
Beth handed you something. You tried to hide it from me. What was it? Pair of socks. Okay. <laughs> Does not care at all. <laughs> God, that was a good show. Let's do that show next. Ah, uh, we should. Some kind of project. We should do news radio. Um, we'll do it as a separate podcast so people can listen to it in their own feed. <laughs> and uh, The way this should have been done the whole time. We'll call it... Uh, WNY next week on news radio. That's not it. How about... Um, that ain't it. Uh, you're just like Linda, except crazy. <laughs> that's... It's one of my favorite lines. Also on the seventh, Ryan writes, and I believe this is probably in reference to the episode, the host uh, discovery also answers that question. No, they are not members, at least not during that time frame. Mm, the trills or the, or is this another question about whether the Klingons are part of the Federation? Cause because TNG made it so muddy. Well, we knew they wouldn't be during the discovery timeline. Oh yeah. But a, uh, I don't. Oh, I Discovery does time time wolf. Yeah, I haven't seen this season, but I get the feeling there's some time business happening. So, so I don't know. Cool. You think Daniels is hanging around? Because <laughs> in Star Trek Online, whenever there's time business, it's Daniels. <laughs> Daniels, the most useless fuck ever. <laughs> you just show up every once in a while and be like, "Hey, I need you to do this thing." It's like, why don't you do it? <laughs> Can you, you guys f- go Serpico for me? You got a fucking time ship. Why don't you just go do it? Why do you need Archer to do it? But then all the times he'd be useful if he showed up and told him something, he doesn't do it. At least there's never been a mission where you have to go back to early 2000s Detroit. (laughs) Hey, SDO writers, what are you waiting for? This is your big chance (laughs) to write some great dialogue. You can call people veggies. They got to keep doing Discovery and Picard and eventually Lower Decks shit because those shows are on now. Oh, that's right. Yeah, they got a lot to keep them busy. They can't go back and talk about Enterprise, the show that was watched the least. I um, I got some of those Lower Decks duty officers. Oh, yeah. With a different art style. Yeah. I hate that it's different. I want the <laughs> shitty CG dudes that are in the rest of my <laughs> roster. I want the 19 identical Nausicaan dudes that I've got in my roster. Oh, more of those. With all with the exact same traits. Just like... <laughs> What is this game? Who made this? A bunch of people over 11 years. It's just, uh... Seriously, I got so many Nausicans with identical traits. I don't understand what the point is. Oh, you gotta grind them up and send them into the fleet, but, uh... Oh, yeah, that's true. You can't do that now. There's a bug. (laughs) They need to fix a bug where... Right now, you can't donate to fleet. I'm not surprised. Um... On whatever day six days ago was, just, that might have been the 11th, uh, Ryan wrote, at brother date, the planning system I use at work has a thing where sometimes I'll change a shipping date for incoming inventory, and it'll populate the new shipment date for a couple of seconds before the old shipment date disappears. I call this the Picard maneuver. <laughs> because for a minute, they're both there. Both yeah. dates exist. <laughs> yeah, the Picard maneuver has never made any sense. It's always just like, just, just point at the new one. You know, <laughs> point at the new the new one. He did a warp. Yeah, but if it was some kind of warp shadow or a Klingon guile or hologram, you'd be pointing at the wrong one. In that case, you got to point at the old one. Uh, you could really freeze up if you know more than one of these tricks. And if the other person knows them, too. Because if the other person doesn't know about Klingon guile, then you're fucked. They're just going to shoot at the new one. 
but if they if they know about those possibilities then they could be confused i guess it's one of those things where you might know too much for your own good you know what if they're trying to cling on Gaomi? but they're yeah. just picard maneuvering you sorry for all the star trek and sto sorry everybody five days ago ryan wrote you should pot him i don't know what that means but he's not getting a win for four words <laughs> Have you come up with a limit or just whatever whatever seems right? I want to, I'll know when it's a win. Okay. There's a Supreme Court argument I'm going to make about this. I don't know if he was uh, if he was saying that we should pod more Call of Duty matches or what, because I think we made that threat. But he's weeks and weeks behind, so might not. Yeah, be. I don't know if he's heard that or not. Yeah. Uh, probably not. His, then his next post says, uh, it's hard to argue against a Honeycrisp, so he's still back in the fruit bracket. Damn. Olden days. Then, four days ago, are you absolutely sure I cannot convince you to come over and pick your own tangerines from my tree? Yep. Yep, I am sure. I don't want your possum tangerines. Oh, the possums only mark them. They don't get inside the peel. They just get them all squirt. Is that what you're talking about? You're talking about possum squirt? (laughs) (laughs) Just to be clear? This is usually a point where you say, hang on, and then I hear a writing sound. No, no, no. I'm, I'm so ready. I'm writing right now. Oh, okay, cool. Way more ready this time. Cool that you're prepared. I got bringing the uh, and beef. And then our last entry. I got PVP. Uh, okay. And I got possum squirt. <laughs> cool. I'm looking forward to seeing all of these <laughs> in the MP3 tags that yes. no one else gets to look at. Just for you. Just private jokes for my brother. Yeah. Um. Yeah, two days ago, Ryan wrote, oh, man, wait until you see Riker in season one of Picard. Uh, the difference is he's supposed to be old in season one of Picard. Yes. And he's not supposed to be old in the, in the end of Enterprise. Yeah. In the last Enterprise. He looks very bad. And I saw some screenshots that did like a split screen of him in the episode. Uh, what's that one called? The Pegasus. And, yeah. uh, and in that last episode of Enterprise. And it is rough. Troy too. It's just rough for both yeah. of them. They should not have done that. <sighs> And again, I, what a way to disrespect your own show. <laughs> Our finale is 75% Riker. That's it. He's in another <laughs> show, a different show from many years ago. Ugh. <sighs> That's the end of the mail, but we don't have a clip for that. Uh, it was even more uh, Star Trek heavy than we thought it would be. Full of Trek. Yeah. 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 That's going to happen sometimes. Mm-hmm. So, we had a request. Sort of. I mean, we didn't. We interpreted a tweet as a request. I'm pretty sure now I'm just... I think this is what cyberbullying is. I think I'm cyberbullying her now. All right. Well, she's a few weeks behind, too, so it'll be a while before she (laughs) gets bullied. Except for all the DMs, again. DM, 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 DM. (laughs) So, really, you'll be re-stimulating her when she hears this. Uh, Let's play the... Haps. The Haps with K Haps. Actually, in a way, I'm going to be bullying everybody. All the listeners are going to be bullied this week. I mean, I'll probably be the least bullied because I've already done a whole bracket. Yeah, you have the most familiarity with this, yeah. with these, all of these subgenres. 
Um, yeah, well, you know what it's like. Maybe you don't. I don't know if you're wired like this. Um, when you are interested in something and nobody else is, and then somebody talks about it, even if it's only like tangentially about it, you just like, you just want to jump in. Yeah, this for sure happened when you said to me, expecting me to be supportive and just have your back. No one uses any color of ink aside from blue and black, right? <laughs> and then, yes. Then you were awakened. It was like then a for new like an Judah. hour. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just like came to life to talk about all the different kinds of cool pen colors there were that you use and the different types of pens and where you get them and what they're like and what the advantages and disadvantages are. And I got a lot of pens out of that conversation because I'm usually down. Yep. So... And I introduced you to blue black ink, which is really amazing. It's good stuff. I don't use blue anymore. I only use blue black. I'll use black or blue black. I won't use regular blue. Now regular blue looks like too bright. Why is it so blue? Yeah, it's pretty gross. What is this? Is this kindergarten? Is it a crayon? Exactly. When I see somebody write in regular blue ink, I do think that they are maybe intellectually not on my level. For (laughs) sure. That's what I think. (laughs) And that's where I was not that long ago. You know, I don't have an ego about it. It's not like I'm like, I'm so great. It's just I feel bad for him. You know? <laughs> uh, I made a list. Uh, I, ma- I made a top 20 list for 2020 in K-pop for nobody but me. I made it for me. And it's just been sitting here. And then Shannon said that thing about how she was she wanted to know more about K-pop. And so now is the time for me to inflict my cool list on everybody. Who is it in order? Is it like a countdown? <clears throat> you know, I can't choose between my children. Ah, so I, I can't say number 20. and then No, you... all of my Korean children, I, I can't choose between them. So uh, it's an alphabetical order. Does that help? By artist? That's how I'm doing it. All right. Um, but in order of the English alphabet. Oh, yeah. I, I've never bothered to learn the order. Not in the order that they would be in, a, say, a Korean dictionary. Yeah, they have an order. I've never learned it because it'll just confuse me to no end. Um, yeah, so there's 20 of those. I also have a list of best albums, so I mean, we'll see if we have time. It's got a lot <laughs> going on on this one. Well, we have a whole drop we can play anytime we need to continue. <laughs> All right, um, let's see then. Maybe I'll, uh, I'll get it started here. Let me boot this motherfucker up using the old iPod. Uh, this first one is A-Pink, but it's not really A-Pink. It's a subunit. It's three of the girls, three of the six girls from A-Pink doing a song called love is blind is is bomi one of them is she from Aping? bomi is one of them along with nine nine and um who's the other one in this one hi young so those three Don't 
that's good for now. Um, so one of the things I said in one of my 50 DMs to Shannon was, if you're going to mm-hmm. get into K-pop, one thing that sounds really obvious, but you're going to have to keep in mind, is that most of the lyrics, they're in Korean. <laughs> and I know that's, again, I know that sounds obvious. Like, you shouldn't have to say it. But I just There's wonder There's kind of no avoiding it. <laughs> yeah, I kind of wonder if people are like, oh yeah, I don't, maybe I'd like to listen to some, and then they hear it and they go, well, I can't sing along to this. Do you know, I think Katie's experience of third-hand K-pop has been that a surprising amount of the lyrics are in English. Yes. But it seems to confuse and upset her every time she recognizes a word. Well, you know I don't want to know the lyrics, so I'm in the same... I prefer it was entirely in Korean. Like, when there's a song that's in Korean and then they release an English-language version, I always like the Korean one better. Because I don't want to hear the lyrics. I don't want to know what they are. Because they're as bad and dumb as Western pop which is also full of dumb lyrics. Um, But anyway, so I felt like I needed to say that to her. And um, again, she's not being very responsive. So I do think that she's annoyed. Maybe we can get (laughs) some confirmation from her. (laughs) Uh, Anyway, uh, just drop some knowledge on you. Apink's one of the popular groups that is not from one of the three big agencies over there in Korea. So they have, they have a pretty big following. They're known for having the holy trinity of K-pop tunes. They have these three songs that like got all the music show wins and sold a bunch of records and everything. Um, but I don't like any of those because they're too cutesy. That cutesy is their whole thing. So you know how uh, here you know, you don't know who what uh, label any artist is on ever, mm-hmm. and you don't care about whether artists are on the same label. Doesn't seem to matter. And also, it doesn't factor into whether they get played on MTV or not. It's a thing that mattered when um, the music industry was much more hyper capitalistic, like it is in Korea. So it's a thing that mattered in right. the Motown, Atlantic, fucking stacks, whatever days when they were just pumping out artists. Yeah. Yeah, Korea is very much, uh, you know, there'll be a show where, and Japan is this way also, like all those years that we were watching, hey, 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 music champ, I don't think we realized that it was just Sony artists. (laughs) No, well, there's no way we would have known that. Being featured. Or if we like saw in the Chiron or something like Sony music, we just would have assumed they were the distributor for everything probably. Right, yeah. Yeah, there are three so. big agencies in Korea, and people are very brand conscious. And in order to be popular, all you really have to do is be from one of those labels. Um, so it's pretty rare when there's like a popular group that's not uh, in that group. What do you think of that one, by the way? Uh, like a lot of mid-tempo K-pop numbers, it did not grip me. You didn't like the uh, the video game like instrumentation. I didn't dislike it. Okay. It just, uh, I mean, we, well, so we'll go over it, but I, I like my K-pop either very atmospheric okay, or very upbeat. Okay. That makes sense. Uh, yeah, I think we've talked about this not that long ago that a thing I discovered about myself is that I just like video game music and I don't know how it yeah. happened. I didn't expect <laughs> it to happen. But you definitely some of your favorite K-pop tracks do sound like video games. If they take the music straight off a of fucking eight bit cartridge or whatever, I'm way into it. I don't know why. Just the, like the way I'm into that fucking uh, final fight music. Um, the next one is by Ball Four and it's called uh, Red Lipstick. 
there for you yeah you got to get that trumpet in there that's right i know you like the horns i know one time uh, we were listening to that ladies code song and you weren't that into it till you heard that till you heard those horns uh 100 yeah uh i've been that way probably since uh the first time i ever heard a cake song oh yeah because they bust in with those fucking mariachi horns yes if anyone like extremely effective there have been a lot of horn sections in popular music but like N- the neglected one is the mariachi. You gotta bring that shit back. That's why cake is number one on the '90s Power Hour list. <laughs> <laughs> Things like that really do it for me. Like how there's a distinct <laughs> tier of groups that it, it, I would like them more if they just had a little bit of steel drum, and That's then right. they don't, yeah. and they have to fall below Jane's so addiction. So they go below Jane's addiction, <laughs> right? <laughs> Which does almost nothing for me except they have steel drum, and it's for some reason it makes me happy. So. Um, so you said this is Ball 4? Yeah, B-O-L-4. Um, okay. Yeah, it's uh, independent. So is that a baseball reference? I assume it is. Okay. I don't know, I don't necessarily know the backstory of some of these artists. Um, yeah, but this is a sort of an independent label soloist. So in, uh, in contrast to the first one, this is one that I do like. It had an interesting chord progression that reminds me of the music to Cowboy Bebop. <laughs> yeah. Um. Oh, that's and... another thing. I don't like anime, but for some reason, if a song sounds like an anime theme, then I'm like, oh, that's fucking pretty good. I'd <laughs> I'd watch the opening credits of this anime, <laughs> and then not watch the show, and then look at my phone during the whole episode, and at the end, go, I don't know what happened. Uh, so that that one uh, that one I did like. So I presume it'll get onto one of the eventual brackets, and then I'll. Oh yeah. I mean, you're really I'm just so far behind on bracket too. You're, you're luckily there is no behind. This is why I set it up without a schedule. But you have been abusing that. To be fair, and I expected <laughs> it's true. I expected more of you, and you've been abusing my I'm ashamed. flexibility. I'm ashamed. And you need to really jump into bracket too. It was just so much easier to do bracket when my wife and I were living apart. <laughs> yes, a lot of your time is now. Uh, I'm not going to say wasted. That would be mean. But it's um, it's uh, it's been redirected. But I mean, are we nine seasons into the very mediocre English sitcom Benidorm? Yes, we are. <laughs> it's about English people behaving badly on holiday in Spain. This sounds like a throwaway alien from a DS9 episode. Talking about oh, yeah, the Benidorm sure. freighter is docked at by and then, three. And then you'd be like, is that, did he also mean Benzite there? <laughs> That's right. Is and Willie or won't he have a harmonica? Right. What's, what's the situation when we meet this guy? Yeah. What's that one about, Ben Adorn? What is that? I told you it's about English holidaymakers in Benidorm, Spain. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, okay. And then it's like I don't know, it's we're on season nine, so it's like not even the same people every every year now. But you're still so it's, they just, away. it's at an all inclusive resort and everyone there is very cheap and they yell at each other. <laughs> and there's a Spanish waiter who likes to sleep with ladies. Oh, good. That's uh um... he's played by an Italian guy. Well, you know, Mediterranean, it's all the same, right? 
Yeah. Uh, a big thing that happened, a big trend, as they might say, on a Korean variety show in 2020 was um, City Pop, the return of City Pop. It's a, a Japanese genre from the 80s, 70s and 80s, but it's been really, really big the last like 12 months. So there are a few songs on my list that actually do fall under that category. Do you have any experience with the city pop? Uh, one time you asked me the question, do you know, how do you feel about city pop? And I said, what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> okay, so there you go. the answer to that, the answer to this question is not very much. However, when I said that I like my uh, K-pop, uh, one of the two ways was atmospheric. Hmm. City pop is kind of in that brief. Yeah. Uh, the original stuff was, it was like if disco was chiller like chill disco right and it keeps the modern stuff has like some semblance of that um this one's by a group called brave girls they're uh perennially a nugu group there's just like the members are constantly changing and they never get any fans and no one knows if they exist or why they exist but they put out a song called we ride that i really jammed to I do. Lots of good video game sounds in the back there. I don't know if you caught those. <laughs> uh, everything sounds a little video gamey on my end. It'll sound better uh, in the yes. final podcast file. But yeah, I did hear some of that. Um, I also thought that the intro to that song sounded like it could be in one of those DS visual novels like uh, <laughs> Room 409 or whatever. I don't know if you ever played it. I of never those. did, but they were extremely popular. They had a big, yeah, they had a big showing. Yeah. I don't know if, if, do those um, Phoenix Wright games, do those count? Yeah, that's also in that, sort of in the area that I'm thinking of. Yeah. Kind of a, nothing is really animated, it's kind of just a picture, and then a different (laughs) picture and some text, and then a different picture and some text. It's basically all text. It's it's a text, it's a text-based adventure, but they do give you some pictures along the way. It's just like a little illustrated book. Um, uh, the next one's also City Pop. So the there's a producer called um, Bronze who put out a record where they just worked with a bunch of different female vocalists. 
And um, one of the tracks on that was featuring uh, another independent soloist called Hoodie. And uh, the track's called Submarine. And um, again, just jam into that city pop vibe. over the um the call you're getting all that slap uh yeah the that extremely nasty slap base some fucking filthy in the mud slap that slaps for sure (laughs) um yeah and uh i do appreciate that yeah that was uh yeah that was bronze um just to speed through them a little bit quicker. Uh, that had i just want to say real quick that had a real grand theft auto vice city vibe to it oh hell yeah so okay K-pop's gotten way better since like 2015 and a huge part of that has been embracing older genres. We talked about city pop, but generally various kinds of 80s and 90s music has been weaponized in K-pop in the last like five or six years. And that's why if you listen to like something from 2012, it sounds so of a shitty era of just auto-tune and fucking trash. And then, like, right when it hits 2015, 2016, everything sounds like New Jack Swing or something. And you're like, wait a minute, what the right. fuck happened? <laughs> it's because right. they, they just reached back into the past for a, for another style. Yeah, they went, whatever this other shit we're doing sucks ass, let's just go back to the basics. And just, like, whatever <laughs> Turbo was, the whatever was right before Turbo, because Turbo sucked. Let's just go back to that. <laughs> There's no Turbo on this list, in case you were getting excited. Oh, I didn't think that Turbo had a well, best 20 of 2020. No, I did. Entry. I showed you that video, though, where the boy group for Halloween did Black Cat Nero. And then uh, fucking John, old man John Cook came out and joined him in the video. Yeah, it was pretty sad. Uh, also, that nasty that nasty version of uh, Black Cat Nero was even worse than the original. Oh, it was so I don't know bad. Why they, if you're going to cover a song, you got to do it as good or better, or else what's the point? <laughs> it was like, the old one did sound like Soviet music, for sure, but the new one sounded like the Trans-Siberian Orchestra for some reason. <laughs> right. <laughs> it wasn't a good change. Uh, the next one's by a group called Bandit, but they spell they, they spell it with, instead of an A, it's got a V. I think it's supposed to be like an upside-down A, but it's not. It's a V. Bandit. Mm, Bandit. Bandit. <laughs> Um, I only like one song by them and it's this one. It's called Children.
Was that too mid tempo? That uh, for sure was, and that song's not called Young. <laughs> no, it's called Children. Okay, just checking. Yeah, like maybe they missed the boat on that one. Yeah, that's uh, well, fine. What, Children are young; it makes sense. Uh, Shannon, if you'll read your messages, if you just go in and read them um, for me one time, real quick. Um, one of the things I said in there was that they do use English, and it's often in the <laughs> refrain. And then the song's named after it. So most of the songs have English titles. Um, yeah, when you did your initial bracket, you had English titles for 127 of the 128 <laughs> songs in the first bracket. Wait, really? You you verified that? There was only the one? That was... Uh, yeah, there was only one that used Korean characters. Interesting. I wonder how in many the whole are in of the... the... In the whole of the bracket. I wonder how many are in the second bracket. I'm just taking a look here real quick. That's a good question. I'm looking at it. I'm checking it out. And the only one was Heat... Um, All right. By Yorgi. Uh, yeah. Yorgi. By Luna. Um, okay. Uh, the other thing, of course, is, Matt, if she did not want you to uh, do this, why did she use a Luna gif? Right? In the tweet. This is what I'm saying. Right. It was a, it was Luna's youngest, Yojin. And... It's like America's number one orbit. You don't... <laughs> That's right. You don't do that. If I could send yeah. you a picture, I happened randomly this morning to pull a Luna t-shirt out and that is what I'm wearing. <laughs> so this was not planned. Um, I don't see any Hongu. No. I just checked. In There's bracket no. two. That's yeah. not my fault. I didn't clean it up. I there is dollar sign, dollar sign, dollar sign by a G idol, but that's... <laughs> that is not... Unfortunately, that is not... That doesn't count as Hongu. Uh, yeah, so that's how they do it. They, most of the songs have English titles. Uh, the next one's uh, by CL. CL was part of the group 21, um, which was a one of the biggest second-generation K-pop groups. Um, and uh, she's been solo for a while. They really tried to break her into the U.S. market, and no one cared. It just bounced off everybody. So now she's back in Korea. But um, uh, this song is called Five Star, and uh, I was jamming to it.
Uh, yeah, just like when I'm listening to Western music, I'm all about the vibes. I'm just here to yeah. catch vibes. Yeah, you don't you don't engage with the lyrics at all. I don't. You don't. It's you true. don't watch the uh, fan sub color coded no. things to see what what aspect of high school relationships this song is about. Exactly. Uh, we've already, the little bit that you have read to me while we've listened to them together or something, it makes me know that all the lyrics are the same. I could yeah, have any guy, much. you're lucky, I, I like you. Please yeah, buy, buy my the record. Just of many of them. Please bring money and buy the record. Because <laughs> I like you and only you. <laughs> um, a lot of so that one starts out. I'm gonna say chopped and screwed, and then we're going to agree that that's not exactly <laughs> no, the right but description I, for I what's what happening there. About. But you know what I mean. Where it sounded like it was dying a little bit, but on purpose, right? Like it's it's got an envelope filter or a phaser or something over it. Mm-hmm. And uh, obviously, there have been many Western pop songs that used similar techniques. Mm-hmm. But uh, either Korea really enjoys playing in that space right now, yeah. Or those are the K-pop songs that stand out to me the most. Because you remember um, that business. I do. I guess I remember that business. Uh, it's also often it like deep in the bass. Like they're not doing that in the treble. Yeah. Most of the interesting uh, stuff that happens in K-pop has to do with the bass. It's all electronic bass and future bass and fucking slap bass. And, or at least that's the shit that I jam to. Maybe other people like other stuff, but... um. There are definitely, definitely songs did well in the first bracket that had uh, stuff going on in the bass with with that kind of production, like the introduction to, uh, fuck, you know, New by Eve. Oh, yeah. Where they got the, it's right. almost a vocoder. It's almost like talk box. It's like, it's so yeah, weird. It's, something is going on there in the yeah. beginning. Um, body talk also starts out with a lot of sort of bass vibes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Bass, like synth bass. Synth bass. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, that is stuff that reaches out to me. The winning song noir isn't really. No, it's much more, um, traditionally pop poppy. Yeah. Um, but with the weird spin that Sunmi puts on, puts on her shit. Right. Um, the next one's also does some interesting bass stuff it's um by elris and it's called no big deal
Fucking jammed so, to that so hard. That's 100% a jam. It's a great 80s sounding jam. Mm-hmm. Uh, made it through its first two battles in the bracket, no problem. Ran headfirst into Boy With Love. <laughs> right. And almost perfect pop creation. It is uh, BTS's greatest work, and it's su- it, It's like an unassailable pop song. That's exactly what it's like. Yeah. It's just, just almost entirely... It doesn't... It doesn't mean anything. It's not going to reach you deep emotionally, nope. but it is essentially perfect as a pop song. Yeah, it's exactly. But I think there's one too many rap verse, and like that's, that's the it. problem. They have three rappers. They just that's... cut one rapper out of there, and you're, you're set. <laughs> you got three rappers, and by the way, they know they got one good rapper because they they make the other two share a verse. <laughs> They're like, you yeah, guys sure. get to, you guys get a verse. You figure it out however you want, and then we'll have our good rapper do the other rap verse. The guy with the speech impediment <laughs> gets a whole verse to himself. <laughs> it's just... I swear to God, they seem like comedy characters, the rappers in that group. They seem like <laughs> somebody's terrible impression of a bad rapper. Um, and but if it wasn't for that, uh, No Big Deal would have gone up against against New, and I'm not sure what would have happened in round four there. Yeah, No Big Deal is a mono tree joint. Mono is my favorite production team, and they've worked with all kinds of people. Um, but they are responsible for a huge chunk of Luna's uh, discography. Um, and um, talking about beat that BTS song, this is that's what I want out of my boy groups. The, you're going to notice there are almost all girl groups and female soloists, and it's because the boy group songs in general are they're so married to the hip hop aspect. Like, they can't Uh, divorce themselves of all of the fake tough guy hip-hop that they try to do, and it never lands for me. So when you get a song that's just like a fucking pop romp, like uh, Boy With Love by BTS, or like um, uh, Call Me Baby by uh, EXO, like, that's that's my jam right there. Yeah. There's like a... Well, and we've talked about this, too. Uh, usually when I have something to say about one of these songs on there, it's that I don't like the compulsory rap. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Because it's included in lots of songs that I like a lot, and that is the part I don't like. Look, I I don't speak Korean. At this, there's a song, there's a song coming up on this list called Mulgogi. I don't know what that means anymore. <laughs> you forgot? It means fish. Yeah. Fish. There we go. <laughs> and when I saw it, I went, they just call this song Fish? Yeah, I just, like I said, I definitely knew what that meant at one point. At this point, I don't speak Korean anymore. Yep. Uh, it's been a year or whatever. Remember, um, it's water meat. You get it. It is water meat. <laughs> I do. You can put it together like that. Yeah. Um, but there, it is like when Anakin is speaking Huddies and you're like, that kid don't speak Huddies. Yeah, that's right. You can tell. It's I don't like speak Huddies, but I know he doesn't. Whenever these guys help themselves to a rap verse, you're like, nah. That wasn't it. Nah, I not know it. what it sounds like. That's not it. Flow is flow, by the way. Like flow, that transcends languages. And I know that, for instance, Gary has a unique flow, but he's got flow. So there's like, there's probably a half a dozen solid rappers sure. in, in K-pop, and um, but every single band has one. Yes. And it's, it's long odds that you're going to hear anything good. And so, uh, I mean, like I've said before, uh, if you're gonna give me rap, give me some real nasty sounding rap. Yeah, so go go back to the '90s on that shit. Exactly. That's why I like um, Drunken Tiger because they just go like, I don't know, what was like New York rap like in 1995? That's what we're gonna do. 
that's yeah the, let's do it like that yeah uh the next one is uh it is fish it is mulgogi by uh promise nine That one, all of, I think all I'm doing is I'm just, I'm just fucking remembering Yuki. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Joy by Yuki is the song. Don't bother looking it up. It's, it's gone. You'll find, you'll maybe find one 240 by 320 <laughs> yes. resolution video uh, yeah. that still somehow looks pixelated and bad. Um, but that's what that song I, reminds every, me of. Every time I know I'm going to get on a Zoom call with Matt, I do another futile web search to see if I can find a good quality copy of that to have it play against my background video because I know he hates it. <laughs> I know when her when that Snaggletooth Yuki appears, it's going to drive him crazy. Uh, never can. No, it's tough. That was a tough find. It has been forever. So we used to see it all the that time had, on whatever Asian music countdown we were watching, though. That one to me had the feel of like an LFO or something. Fuck you. Where do you know what I mean though? Like musically, where it'd be like, uh we can't this isn't actually good times and uh and we're gonna we're gonna phase it in and out volume wise to, mm-hmm. to try to evoke that feeling. Yeah. But then at the end of the day you're gonna go, Is this LFO? <laughs> Well, the reason this works is because um, Judah doesn't Judah doesn't usually agree with the songs that I think are good in K-pop. I mean, he might just not like yeah, K-pop. This, he is, might not, not like this it. is not news to Matt, yeah. by the way. Um, the one the, the reason this song works for me is because they change up the beat part of the way through. And At the chorus. Yeah. I am a sucker for that. When they uh, mix up the mess and mess up the mix, that's, that's my shit. <laughs> And by the way, K-pop's very, very good. It's all very formulaic, just, again, just like in the old Motown days or whatever, in that they know what works and they stick to it, or at least when they get it right. And that's the second verse, which I haven't even been playing, almost always has some kind of major variation from the first that makes right. you not feel like the song is super samey. And um, right. often it's a changed up beat or they cut out part of the track and you hear a lot more bass or something like that. So for this one, it's when that drum beat changes. I'm like, okay, all right. Matt said it that way because he knows if I, now if I don't say six, one, two wharf Avenue, I'm going to (laughs) explode. It's, um, we recently, 
I went. I wanted to watch the uh, episode of C Lab twenty twenty one with Bebop Cola, and uh-huh. uh, <laughs> Mango <laughs> Reinhardt and all that business. And I forget that yeah. the B plot is the rest of them are at an MC Chris concert. <laughs> I'm just like, man, that guy was in everything. He was just all over William Street. Uh, let's see. Next one is by G Friend. That's another pretty pretty big group um that's not one one of the three big agencies um and uh this is another b-side a lot of these are b-sides because when they release a single it is definitely lowest common denominator shit and uh i tend not to be down with it but the b-sides can sometimes slam um so this one's called night drive it's a bit slower um but it goes in some weird fucking directions so the bridge but i'm not gonna play the whole song for that um that's technically just two members of g friend actually uh next one by an artist called heartfelt um though again taking some liberties with the spelling it's styled oddly (laughs) it's it's aj colon t f-e-l-t um she uh, used to go under a different name when she was with the girl group, the Wonder Girls, which, of course, Sunmi was also a part of. Um, and uh, she released one of the best records of 2020. There were a number of songs on this album that I liked a lot. This was, um, I think this was the first single released from it, and it's uh, called Satellite.
Yeah, hip hop verse. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that uh, interrupts the nice vibe of that song for me. Yeah, that was happens. Catching vibes, and then that dude showed up to do a hip hop. Get out of my fucking business. Um. Also, a nice video of a, about a lady who makes a robot. If you ever want to check that in out. In the garage? Yeah, in her garage. Yeah. Um, next one is by Wasa. She's one of the members of Mamamoo. Um, and she had, had a little solo record, a little EP. Um, and the song is called I'm Bad Too. That's too bad. Another hip hop verse. Well, she doesn't sound very bad. <laughs> what she kept saying it. Wait, hold on. What do you I mean? Understand. She said it a bunch. And then having that guy go, she's, she's so bad. She's so bad. I, I mean it. It doesn't sound like I mean it, but I mean it. It sounds like I'm just saying it. And then, he, but then he followed up with, she's so sad. Yes. Like, oh, wait a minute. Um. That one has see some, that would have been a miss for me. Ah, okay. That one has some interesting stuff that happens later with some cool horn stings. Um, the next one I would be pretty sure if I put it on a bracket, it was gonna lose because it's it's a <laughs> it's a ballad. Judah doesn't get down with the ballads. Uh, it's by Not usually one of the members of A Pink. I seem to like just their side stuff. I don't like their main stuff. Uh, it's by uh, uh, Yunji and uh, it's called Woo.
I am going to have to listen to that one, not over Zoom, I think. Yeah. Because uh, <clears throat> it sounded like there were some very lovingly recorded guitar notes. Yeah. Uh, Got some good studio know. musicians in there. Exactly. I thought I heard pizzicato strings, too. So let's well, check that out. Well, what I like about her is, okay, there's lots of girl groups in K-pop, and most of them sound like girls. And most of them try to sound like girls. And she actually has an adult-sounding voice. Right. So it's kind of different. Um, the next one uh, is Lee Suyun. She's half of the group Actong Musician, or ACMU, as they're called, um, which is like a, a kind of a quirky acoustic duo, a, a guy and a girl. But she like did a conventional K-pop record um, in 2020, and this was the single uh, called Alien. exactly what i'm looking for just funky and vibey <laughs> uh, all right moving on we got the luna entry i kept it to one entry per artist um with the exception that there's an a-pink soloist and an a-pink subunit um luna is the group that i recommend to people um they have such a diverse uh discography as a result of working with some different producers and also monetries monetary is pretty diverse and the stuff they make anyway but they have a huge discography sort of as a result of turning the normal model on its head like rather than doing your big group promotions over and over again and then branching out to subunits and eventually having some solo releases they let all of the girls the 12 girls in the group do a solo project first and so they each had their own record, and then they did subunits along the way. So then there were a bunch of subunit records. And by the time they debuted as a 12-person group, they already had like something like 35 music videos. So um, they have a huge, diverse discography. And odds are, if you listen through it, you're going to find out which K-pop subgenres work for you. 
Um, and that's the recommendation I made to Shannon. See if she gets through them. <laughs> See if she ever listens to them. Um, so actually, the one I picked is called Number One. It's off of what I consider their worst record. But it was... Uh, it's exactly what I want in a K-pop song. And the rest of the album wasn't that good. And then luckily they had another record this year called... Uh, they just called it 12 O'Clock. Um, that was much, much better later in the year. But uh, this one's called Number One uh, by Luna. And uh, if I can catch those vibes. Maybe exactly you, in that mid-tempo that you don't like. <laughs> uh, it's not that bad. I just wanted it to do something else. Maybe there's a bridge or something later on. I don't know. Oh, but of course. It's a formula. There will always be a bridge. Every, every once in a while, there's a song where I don't... I'm not feeling it. Nothing's happening. And then something weird happens. And you're like, huh. Yeah. Uh, what's the, What's the one I'm thinking of from the first bracket where I was like... Why do I keep why do I keep uh promoting this one song? Like every time I would put it on and listen to it, I'd go, I don't understand why is this one going why did I pick this one? <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, it's probably as if, as if it's your last. Oh yeah, it could be. Yeah. Where all of a sudden it becomes a spaghetti western uh, right before the chorus. Uh yeah, it could be that one. Yeah. I think so. I'm looking at my notes. By I Black think that's Pink. it. Yeah. Yeah, Blackpink says if it's your last. Uh, every time I would come up at uh, come up at the start of a new round, I'd listen to that one because it was up near the top of the bracket, and I'd go, I, "Really? I picked this one." <laughs> and then that weird guitar would come in, and I'd yeah. go, "Oh yeah, that's right. I remember now." That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that definitely does that. Um, yeah, and that one in particular, there's a later part which uh, worked for me really well because they do a part where Kim Lip reprises the melody from one of her other songs right in the middle of the other oh. song. That's always nice when you get a little Quinella holiday. Yeah, a little something for the orbits (laughs) out there. Should I not refer to that as a Quinella holiday? (laughs) Yes, it does a Quinella holiday. But, you know, like not even on the same record or anything. Just like (laughs) from her solo record from three years earlier or whatever. Um, The next one's by Lovelies. They are a group that 
um, works a lot with Mono Tree, so they have kind of an underrated discography. This was their uh, single from their record from 2020. It's called Obliviate. bit more up-tempo a little bit uh harder edge girl crush i think is what they would say i think that's a genre there <laughs> what does that genre refer to mm, uh, everything that's blackpink probably all the blackpink stuff <laughs> i think <laughs> uh what do you think of that one uh i again that was one where i was waiting for something to happen and it just didn't happen and then i got distracted by the way they pronounced the title of the song <laughs> oh Bliviata? With the ta at the end. Uh, the next one is finally a boy group. It's uh, Monster X. I mean, that would never be a girl group for sure. <laughs> well, they're hard, dude. They're they're Monster X. It honestly feels like the Simpsons writers pitched it <laughs> and landed on Monster X. I've always liked that name because it reminds me of the. Uh, hip hop nickname generator from 1998 or whatever that said my nickname. Oh yeah, was for sure. Dubious Masturbator X. <laughs> your your Wu Tang name. My, yes, my Wu Tang name. <laughs> Dubious Masturbator X. Um, uh, talking about earlier how they just pull genres out of the past or whatever. This song to me that I'm about to play, uh, it's called Nobody Else. It sounds just like a Timbaland era JT song. But like better oh, that could be promising. But better than okay. than his. Better than <laughs> JT's. But it totally sounds like it.
from yeah, stay away from the auto tune, please, guys. <laughs> um, it's so addicting that auto tune. <laughs> it's a real throwback to 2013 there that I did not appreciate. Uh, but you see what I mean? Oh, I agree with you. I agree with your description. Oh boy. <sighs> Sorry, Judah's almost done. Sorry, for it the got count. dark here. We're almost done. <laughs> We're getting there. <laughs> Uh, the next one is by Twice. They are like, um, I think in Korea they're about as popular as BTS. They're like the the female equivalent. They're the top group. Um, they don't have the international following that BTS has, but they are. They're sort of the the biggest of the big in girl groups. Um, and they had. A, and if you're a fan of Twice, you are a once, once you are a once. <laughs> it's very imaginative. <laughs> They um they put out a pretty good record this year, which was surprising because a lot of their stuff is miss. It's just a big miss. Um, but there were three or four songs on this record they put out that were pretty good. A lot of playing around in the uh, city pop space. Um, this one's called Up No More. It was a B-side they ended up promoting pretty heavily. Um, but um, uh, a little bit better than twice as usual fare. like a post chorus bit that they end up doing after the other choruses that's um that's pretty good but i'm not gonna not gonna play through the whole song it did not sound like a twice song to me no i think i would have been able to guess no they definitely went even the ones that aren't pure city pop are like tinged with city pop on that record so that one um i think that's why i enjoyed this record a little bit more but um Unfortunately, I didn't even realize in that first verse they do two different rap parts, and that's because they got two and a half rappers. It's too many. They say two and a half because I don't think they know what to do with Momo. I think they're just like... You know when there's like a utility player that's a utility player, not because they're so good at so many things, but because you don't know what to do with them? That's I think that's I'm going to stop you right there, Matthew. Uh, I've been looking at our... Uh, at our download stats and the episode super utility got way fewer downloads okay. right, than right. some of the others so let's yeah if we could just uh, if you've got another analogy you want to use sure. to describe that i don't want to poison 
poison the whole well here sure, with sure, the sure. talk about utility players. Hey, you know what happens when someone can't sing or rap? And then they <laughs> yep, and then you don't know what to do with them, they, like Momo. And then sometimes they rap and sometimes they sing, but you're kind of trying to hide them, you try to hide them a little bit. And they're what if they're not even the oldest in the group, so you can't just say they're, they're the, leader the leader, right? <laughs> Built-in group. Well, she is like their main dancer, so that it doesn't come through on the record. Oh, okay, so. maybe she's dancing while she's singing. That would actually be better if they did that. <laughs> so it really came through they're like oh yeah that's right she's the dancer that's why she's all out of breath um the next one's another boy group it's very very with the song beautiful x this is sort of the um call me baby or uh boy with love of this of this list it's the high energy high tempo sort of unassailable pop song uh done by some boys who don't want to do the hip-hop that's that's good that shirt for me i'm one of the boys who doesn't want to do (laughs) hip-hop Right. So much talk box if we're playing blather around. <laughs> talk about I don't know, talk about talk box doesn't work. How about um It doesn't work as well, yeah. yeah. Um Ian and I know you have not investigated the lyrics, but in no. your mind, in your imagination, <clears throat> it is X ex girlfriend or is X an algebraic unknown? <laughs> That's a very good question. And I think it would be ex boyfriend because I think they're saying that they are a beautiful ex. Oh, I see. And that makes me think that it must be an algebraic unknown, because it would be a weird thing to say about yourself. That I'm yes. somebody's beautiful ex. <laughs> I mean, it's an empowering thought. <laughs> That's right. But yeah, no, I think I think it's, uh, yeah, a beautiful fucking unknown. Here, look at me. Am I an alien? Do I look like it? <laughs> I don't know what these guys look like, but I assume they look like aliens. Uh, they probably do, but uh, YouTube will verify that for me. <laughs> There's the problem. I don't. Oh, I lost my mic. It's a real, it's a real fucking David Letterman. That's here. also a problem. It's a real David Letterman. Was it him who used to knock over his mic all the time? Uh, I don't know. Um, yes. Here's the problem. Uh, if I think we're all used to seeing 
women much more often than men with like their hair all did up feathered and dyed and lots of makeup and fucking flashy outfits and stuff and um for the k-pop the boys do that too and my even after all these years my brain is still not really used to it and so i think they look like aliens when i see them that's just well the guy choreo's not bad in this oh well that energy hell yeah they got they can't come out there and fucking in sync it by the way, dude. They only got one blonde. That doesn't... Eh, maybe that guy's strawberry blonde. Don't go back and watch an sync video after this. You'll be very sad about those five dads <laughs> who can't dance and just go, wait, what? Who picked all these 40-year-olds? What is it? What were, what were boy groups in the late 90s? They didn't go to a special school to learn how to no. be in a boy group. Some sleazy producer just found five dads uh, and went, how about you? One of these boys just gave another one of these boys uh, three gentle slaps on the butt. That's okay. That's called fan service right there. That's what the fans want. I think want. it is. They want to see the oh, one. They all thing. have a different wash on their jeans. <laughs> it's a whole thing. <laughs> oh, I'm sure there's lots of great choreo for that. Uh, anyway, they don't look particularly alien-esque. Right, well, that's that's, we're not talking all rangy-rangy here. Um, yeah, obvi- it, it kind of goes without saying. I think though I think we have said it on this podcast, that K-pop is mainly a visual art, and that's why I, the B-sides are normally where you're going to find the good stuff, because they put all their effort on the singles into the choreo and the outfits and the fucking makeup and everything. Um, So I wouldn't be surprised with an up-tempo song like that if they were doing some pretty intense fucking work out there. Well, and I don't think there's a music video for it, because you pulled this one from somewhere, so oh. there's just like their appearances on various music shows well that's gonna be it's gonna be some banging shit oh yeah so the whole reason i'm into k-pop is because it's so easy they make it as easy as fucking possible it's they're (laughs) like they're like fucking wwf they're like you like wrestling you can watch it 15 hours a week yeah if you want like you can buy all the toys and games and you can get anything you want like that's what k-pop's like they're like if you have a favorite artist and they're promoting right now they're gonna be on five music shows this week they're gonna be on six variety shows like you won't be able to not look at them it is very like that did you like the song now watch the version of the music video that's all choreo that's right watch the choreo now watch the choreo but it's now watch the dance practice that's right watch the dance practice (laughs) (laughs) watch all of this shit and it's like it's watch, so... and I watch a fan cam where they slip and fall five times. Yeah, watch a brutal fan cam that'll it's okay, it launched their career. Because everyone really admired their gumption. <laughs> That's the that is the story of G Friend. That there were so many fan cams of them slipping on wet stages that people were just like, I really root for these girls. I hope they make it someday. <laughs> They're really destroying their bodies for this. <laughs> I hope it I hope it pays off. It's one particularly brutal one where you just really wonder why they don't walk off stage, but they just keep getting up. Oh, any American act would have walked off stage for sure. Well, that's the other part. So because it's so highly fucking capitalized, all of these people are virtual servants and do whatever the agencies tell them to do, including go on a variety show where Song Geo's going to donkey kick you <laughs> during a beach, a game on the beach, and you're going to just look <laughs> over at your manager and be like, why is this happening to me? And he's going to point at the contract, and the contract says seven years, and you're just <laughs> fucked. And so you can get all of this access to these people and their acts and all the content that you could never get from a Western pop star. Um, next one is by a group called Weekly. Three E's. Weekly. Um, 
where the song is called My Earth. It's kind of like their take on reggae? I don't know. You listen. Let me know. Oh, I can't wait. You could toast to this for sure. Did they uh, drop the beat and then there was an accordion? <laughs> Is that uh, again? It's over Zoom, so it's hard <laughs> for me to tell for sure. Uh, might have been an electronic version. Might have been a synth version. Um, oh, I see. Uh, the refrain eventually becomes "My Earth," but in the first ver- first run through of that, they're actually saying "minus minus minus minus," and I swear to God, for a while I thought they were saying "my nuts," and I didn't understand <laughs> what was happening. They were saying "my nuts." <laughs> And you weren't going to look into it. No, I didn't want to know. I assumed they had a good reason for saying it. I assumed they had a good reason for making these 15-year-old girls say my nuts over and over again. <laughs> All right, last one on this list. Number 20. Group called Woo Ah. I think they got us all in check, would be my guess. It does seem like it. Um, the song is called Round and Round. It's another B-side. Uh, let's listen. Mm. get electronic music well it caught me off guard i was not expecting that bing 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 and then all of that to happen all of the electronics and also some yeah distorted electric guitar stings in there um that's the list that was my top 20 
of 2020. So that's your top 20. And uh, in case anyone is worried that you did not answer Shannon's exact brief, uh, apparently that's all waiting for her in her DMs. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Hey, Shannon. I haven't heard from you in a while. I'd like to hear from you about the (laughs) K-Pops. They have lots more recommendations. I've been trying not to like cramp your style because you just asked... You just asked, like, what groups to listen to, and I started you with Luna, and then maybe I gave you an insanely long list of songs that you should that I consider the essential Luna. Why don't you work through those? Listen to them with the kid. I don't care. That's it, everybody. I also got a list of albums, but, you know, we don't have to do it. Oh, that was the Haps with K-Paps. Yeah. Uh, Next week. Yes. Star Trek week. Well, week 100. Oh, it's a big one. That's Star Trek week 100. You know, I wasn't excited, and then you said week 100, and I'm, now I'm, like, fucking really excited. Yeah. Uh, I know that we've, we have done, we have rated 473 <laughs> episodes already. <laughs> it's really messed up. Got three to go next week, and if you're going to watch along, Ben. Sure. Dude. That's it. Here's what you should watch. Redemption Part 2. Find out what happens in that big old war. Ellipsis, nor the battle to the strong. (laughs) It's important. You can't leave that out. Well, they put it in there for a reason. I'm just going to say it again. Find out what happens in that big old war. I don't know for sure. And Infinite Regress. That's one of them. I have to do that one. I have to do the. You do have to do that one. It's... That sounds great, and I'm sure you're going to love it. I'm not excited and, at all because um, I know what episode it is, and I'm not excited. Uh, season 5 of TNG is going to open strong. In week 101, we have Darmok. Oh, so hell yeah. We're going to get to discuss <laughs> society's favorite episode of any Star Trek. Also, two full hours on Data and Troy. <laughs> <laughs> If you, listen, if you want to give that a miss for week 101, you could just go back and uh, to peak performance yep. and listen to our rehashing of Data and Troy working together <laughs> to figure out what Commander Riker's going to do. Uh, we have Ensign Rowe coming up. Oh, hell yeah. Um, yeah. And then some stinkers. Well, uh, Silicon Avatar. It's okay. Disaster but the, is a real. Disaster is a, a wild fucking episode. Um, yeah. It's. I think it's Marjan's favorite. It might be. Oh, really? Yeah, the episode Disaster in TNG. Does she still celebrate Captain Picard Day? She does. She loves the part where he says, you have the bridge number one, and the little girl and Riker both say, aye, sir. And then they look at each other and they laugh TOS style. Yeah. Yeah, she's smiling. That is cute. I see her. She's smiling right now. She likes that a lot. Uh, week 105, we have the game. Uh, Ashley Judd. <sighs> Ashley Judd. Famous appearance of Ashley Judd. Mm-hmm. Then the unification uh, double two-parter yeah. is coming up. So, you know, there's some stuff. And then there's also violations. The Masterpiece Society conundrum, power play, ethics, the outcast, <laughs> cause and effect. Yeah, the other 150 that are all in a tie for imaginary friends. So there's some bad ones sure. uh, coming up in season five of TNG2. But at least we do get to do Darmok pretty soon. Yeah, that's right. And again... Uh, War is hell, and we're going to learn all about it on DS9 for the next three (laughs) seasons. So there's that to look forward to as well. Um, Yeah, that's it. Everybody send us more mail. I don't know if we talked about it, but it's been pretty light. It's been pretty light lately. 
it's an empty mailbag. Um, so I guess first listen to the show and then send us mail, and then we'll <laughs> you know I don't care. Don't listen to it. Just send us mail and we'll read it. Or leave us free hours to fill with whatever we want. Yeah, or make a suggestion <laughs> to not us on the internet, and we'll pick it up. Maybe we'll tell you about twenty more K-pop songs. <laughs> I could do this. Every, I really could do this every week, though, guys. Of course you could. There's, listen, we could just start doing the bracket. <laughs> we'll just move on to the bracket. We'll we'll even do it. We'll just catch up to where we are in bracket two. We'll just fucking catch you halfway up. I'm not afraid to do it. I got so much to say. Uh, that you send us the mail. That's at brother date on the Twitter machine. Um, but you haven't gotten an email in a long time. Boy, feel sad to say this stuff out loud. Um, <laughs> that's uh, brothers brotherdate.com. Anything you want at brotherdate.com really can be like fuck nose or um, my nuts. I don't know anything you want. <laughs> um, yeah, you probably won't get caught in my spam filter if you do that. <laughs> Wait, do you filter out swears? No, but like Google might think, oh. well, there's no one's ever emailed this address before. <laughs> it's probably nonsense. Uh, go to the, the website, brotherdate.com. It's where all our cool projects live. And um, you can get us on all the podcatchers, every one of them, even the uh, fucking Russian ones, probably Chechen ones, I assume. <laughs> right? Don't you I think? Imagine. I think so. Yeah, they probably don't report into our analytics, though, so it'll probably just come in as other. That's too. That's some bullshit. How about some fucking uh, equality? Well, yeah. <sighs> All right. Anyway, um, as you believe, so shall you do. So shall you do. As you believe, so, so shall, shall you, you do. do. One thing that sounds really obvious, but you're gonna have to keep in mind, is that most of the lyrics they're in Korean. <laughs> I know that's, again, I know that sounds obvious. Like, you shouldn't have to say it. But... Please subscribe.